This is a restless reaction. All right, welcome back. This is more restless bonus content. We are just rolling through it because we are celebrating the one year of the restless anniversary. And we are going to do something that I think Calvinists love. Pastor Michael, can you tell me what do Calvinists love to do more than doing apologetics with non-believers? Oh, I, I don't know. Debate? Debate I'm how right. we should do apologetics <laughs> with non-believers. All right. We did it. Yeah. So we uh, we were going to put this in our episode that we released where we discussed Greg Laurie, but Greg Laurie's two-minute clip, we uh, we had more to say than Greg Laurie did. It took us a while. We were verbose. We were verbose. So we are we are coming to another wonderful evangelical avatar of William Lane Craig, the famous apologist, right? The uh, clearly smart guy. And he had posted, uh, he had a discussion, I think, with Sean McDowell. And a few of those comments uh, left the internet uh, wanting commentary, I guess we'll say. And so it was regarding a historical Adam, Adam and Eve of, of Genesis fame. And Pastor Michael, I have no idea. <laughs> not, not, not to be confused with all the other. My Adam neighbors, and Adam and Eve. My neighbors here in Wisconsin, Adam and Eve. Uh, Pastor Michael, uh, have you paid really any attention to this? I saw all the buzz. Listen, I've been busy. I, I couldn't get into it. I, I definitely saw some people talking about it, but I have not. Uh, other than seeing different hot takes. And even skimming those, I've not dealt into it. I've not seen it exactly. I, I don't know what we're talking about. Completely. I didn't. I, the only reading I did on this was enough to know that we should do this and to find the take that it has to do with the historical Adam. And I actually think that um, people in the Reformed Church actually allow us a way forward in these conversations, which maybe we'll get a chance to talk about as we hear William Lane Craig. So I'm sure Dr. Craig you're probably a good time. Come on the show and do what people love to do best, which is instead of doing apologetics, debating them. So let's hear what he had to say. Okay, so if this approach is correct, how should this shape the way, in your view, we read Genesis 1 through 11 then and the story of Adam and Eve? I think it should prompt us not to be over-literalistic in the way we read these narratives. And once you begin to look at them in terms of mytho-history, it's difficult to look at them in any other way. Hmm. I mean, when you read a story about two people in an arboretum with these magical trees whose fruit, if you eat it, will grant you immortality or knowledge of good and evil and then there's this talking snake who comes along and tempts them into sin sorry we're we actually just to be clear pastor michael and i aren't openly laughing at the first chapter of genesis no i'm laughing at the like this is supposed to be a christian apologist that's what i'm laughing we are we are we are laughing with whose answer of how would your approach to reading genesis one like how would you how would this cause you to look at this he's laughing he's laughing at it <laughs> laughing. I, I, I do i want to make that clear we're laughing at this guy like this is like he literally just sounds like an unbeliever 
you know and he sounds like an unbeliever of his era by the way like he's so clearly been embroiled in these debates with these old school atheists like these you know these the the kind of atheist that's dying out like crazy right now and he just wants to find this credibility with these people where he can still try to find a way to you know win them to the faith and in doing so he jettisons the whole of the beginning of the Bible, yeah. which the whole of the rest of the Bible is quite literally based upon and yeah. founded upon. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to this, but where where we can draw some will and draw some hard lines here. But he is he's just laughing. Oh, he's laughing at, at the Bible, and and we'll come. We'll we'll see how much further we go. You have this anthropomorphic god walking in the cool of the garden, calling oh out audibly goodness. to Adam in his, in his hideout. You think, well, of course this is figurative uh, and metaphorical language. This isn't meant to be read in this sort of literalistic fashion. And so once you begin to see these narratives this way, I think... You, you begin to ask yourself, how could I have read them any other way? It would be like reading Aesop's fables literalistically mm-hmm. as really about talking animals, for example, um, rather than as figurative or, or metaphorical uh, in order to teach some moral lesson. So I've said, <laughs> wow, wow, just wow. If, if you were on the side of whatever the hot takes of trying to defend find a defensible way to go about this you you missed the ball my friend yeah even the idea like okay like don't read genesis 1 to 11 in the most literalistic way i think that there's some truth yes there, right so mm-hmm. i mean i i'm a young earth creationist i'm i like i actually hold to like a fairly literal historical understanding of what took place in genesis but it is written in a very poetic way because by the way god spoke the world into existence and uh, this is like the the idea, uh, for instance, of like the the symbol of a tree or the trees that are in the garden. Like this is this is so like central um, to the, the idea of a garden, the idea of of Adam as a as a gardener. Like these are both things that I believe are very much true to like history, to life, and true in a like analogical metaphorical way to the whole of life because. Mm-hmm. Adam was the first man. He was he was mankind in himself, right? Yes. I mean, he 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 was mankind. I, I I think that let me just say why if if your point is, well, this would be like reading Aesop's fables as if their animals could really talk. The difference is Aesop's fables are a genre of parable which understand animals can't talk and are being told for a point. The question is does the bible present adam that way and and it is i mean it is it is it's bad when you're laughing oh when, my goodness when, this is so bad i feel like i like i and this laugh is, at and this, I, I want to mock it right I, I want to mock it i want to laugh at this man um it's it's obviously uh, absurd and he's gone so far down this like and it is it trail. is all about the g- credibility like can it I has like to be? It has to be, right? It has to be. Well, here are all these old atheists who are just dying out and nobody cares about this stuff anymore. Right. The idea that like this, like, you know, this uh, you know, like hyper materialistic uh worldview and this this old school atheism that was like the you know, the 
the you know Richard Dawk Dawkins type atheism is like this huge deal that we have to reach all these people with. That's an absurd idea that can, you can only come to if you're just like a guy sitting in an office reading books all the time by these people, right? Like, right. like you're so insulated from the real world and the actual trends of the world and the actual things that people believe to think that that's such a big deal. Uh, but like the, when he gets into like, it, it's, it is like blasphemous the way that he's laughing about this and mocking it. Yes. Uh, it's, it's horrid. Right. And, and again, now let me, let me take what you might call the other side, because I do think there is a sense where the young earth creationists, um, and I, I think a lot of them have a lot of great things to say, whether Ken Ham, the cre you know, all of, all of these people, I actually think they do make a pretty magnificent error. I'll put it this oh, way. Totally. And, here, and it is, they have decided now, not Adam. We'll, I'll come back to this. We're, we're I'm leave, leave Dr. Craig. We're way out of here. <laughs> we are in the, if you don't take a 24 hour day reading of the six days of creation, you are not an Orthodox Christian. That is where I am sorry to tell you, you are, you're out, you're done. We, we don't play that game because we believe people like St. Augustine were Christians who believed creation was done instantaneously and it was written in six days for the sake of allowing humans to understand. And he had other allegorical meanings he, he put into it. Now, what it, what the only connection that has with what Dr. Craig is saying and what Augustine was saying is that all of these stories are teaching a theological message, yep. right? Now, so this is where if you are a young earth creationist, you do not get to just say, well, you don't believe in six day creation, you're done. You're out. You are, you are in the laughing apologist category of not anywhere close to biblical Christianity. Yeah, no, actually, there is a kind of reactionism that you see in Craig that also comes up in these circles of like, everything is the 24 hour day creation right. that like, so I have some books uh, that, you know, uh, we have at our house that I've read to my kids that are from like, you know, answers in Genesis and things like that. And that kind of reactionism is like, okay, not only do we live in a young earth, but like people used to like ride dinosaurs. Right. And it's like, okay, like that's like, that is just like jumping so far the other way of like, well, you said that like dinosaurs came way before people. Well, guess what? We actually rode them. And right. like, like, okay, like this is just branching into like an absurd territory. So even when I would read these books to my kids, I was like, guys, we don't know this. Like this is, right. you know, this is kind of silly. They just think that they need to do this. This, this isn't necessarily true. So, so totally agree. Like the hyper literalistic reading of Genesis, I think actually misses the, the beauty of what actually is being written and how it was written. The idea that, you know, like the, you know, uh, the purpose of Genesis was primarily to give us like a scientific account of creation. Okay. Yeah. That's not a good idea. It's right. not. Um, does it give us the basis for all, you know, science and, and, you know, things like that? Yeah, I think, I think so. It gives us some foundations that help us in understanding the world that God made. Right. However, uh, to go to the other side and to mock it all then as like, well, if it's not completely literalistic, you know, to uh, every detail and there's any kind of metaphor or like, you know, poetic element to it, therefore it's absurd. Right. That's, that's horrid. Right. <laughs> And, 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 and so we can actually draw two fairly black lines. So we, you can know where you cross. One, if your reading of Genesis 1, 2, and 3 
are determined by a are are what would be allowed in a materialistic account, atheistic account of the universe, it's done, right? Like, and even if you want to like, well, but there was a God behind it. If if the way you're reading Genesis is being determined like Dr. Craig's is by what is allowable through atheistic, rationalistic discourse, no matter how orthodox you are on other things. And even if I would say a Christian may be able to hold those things, your view is out of bounds because it is being, it's backwards. Yeah. Well, and like in denying these things in what he just laughed at, he has laughed at a large portion of the rest of scripture too. And how can you laugh at God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden and then get to the incarnation where God takes on flesh, the eternal infinite God takes on flesh. And you just say, yep, yep. That one happened. Yes. Right? What, what happened to mytho history? You know, right. like, like what happens to this? You, you have lost everything at right. this point. And, and, and this is, and quite honestly, here's the reason I am a, I am a young earth six day creationist is I believe that if you want to hold to a different view of the creation days or Adam, it needs to arise from the text itself, which obviously Augustine believed it did. Right. And there have been many others who have, but, but when you say, well, if the point of these early chapters of Genesis are primarily to teach theology, it doesn't matter if they really happened. I think you have just, you've gotten in trouble with the rest of sacred history, which primarily exists to teach us about God, to reveal God to us. But they also really like, so the, so the problem isn't that I'm, I'm, I'm demanding a certain view, a certain reading, but that I cannot accept a reading that says, well, if it's primarily to teach theology, it doesn't matter if it happened. That's the wrong thing. But but this is why this is not even in the, right? I'm talking about like things that maybe there's an exception to, right? Maybe we could have a dis- discussion of, here's a hard line. If you do not believe that Adam was a historical man from which we all descend, you are outside of Christian orthodoxy. You must, like this, and I'm not even, I'm not saying this on my preference. This is the problem with a lot of the six day creationists reactionary accounts is they're saying it based on our preference. We are going to say, you must accept this. You must accept Adam as your father, because this is the precise work Jesus Christ undoes in the gospel. Right. So what purpose did Christ come for? Well, he was the last Adam, right? The in the first Adam, we all died. In the first Adam, we all sinned. Um, the the world uh, fell into sin because of the first Adam. Uh, the last Adam has come, and in him we can have eternal life. Right? He is the first fruits of a new creation, just as Adam was the first of the first creation. And so uh, that like you lose every, you lose the very logic of salvation if you lose Adam. And so to just mock this is uh, it is it is gross. You know, it, it really is. It's especially from someone who's like such a notable Christian apologist. He's not doing Christian apologetics. The, you cannot, you do not maintain the change of status we have in Christ as taught in Romans five nineteen. for by one man's disobedience, one mytho, not one mytho historical amalgamation of human tendencies yeah like what would that even mean right what could this mean right in any other way as for as one man's disobedience the many were made sinners 
so as by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through the righteousness leading to eternal Christ through Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, here's first Corinthians 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to him. So uh, again, like you lose all of it. You have lost everything at this point if you have lost the, the, the historical Adam. So we did it. We debated about apologetics, but we actually did more. We talked about the essence of the gospel. We are looking forward to our one-year restless anniversary. Send us thoughts. October 31st, it's coming out. Send us your uh, well wishes, your happy birthdays to the Restless Podcast, uh, voice memos. Uh, make sure that we get those. Anything that you want us to discuss or any questions that you have coming up on a year, we would love to talk about it. We'll talk about uh, where we're at viewership-wise or or you know how many people are, are listening to us and downloads and all of that. We're just going to have uh, a fun bonanza for the one-year anniversary of wrestling. Thanks for listening to us talk about the historical Adam. Thanks for listening to us. We are getting excited about our one-year restless anniversary. We hope you're enjoying the show. We hope it's helpful sometimes. (laughs) 